This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Wade Foster. He is the CEO and co-founder of Zapier. Uh, and we'll start right there. Uh, Wade, are you ready to take us to the top? <laughs> Let's do it. Good. So is there any other, con- I mean, your bio is short and simple, which I love, but is there any other context you should have around kind of your life or your story or, or did you start this right out of college? So I started Zapier I, uh, one year out of college. So I had a job for about a year and a half and then, um, you know, ended up starting Zapier based on some freelance work that I was doing with my co-founder at the time. Uh, he kind of realized some of the freelance work we were doing was these integrations and was like, Hey, we can, we can build a product around this. Okay. Tell me that story because I have to tell you a lot of the most successful SaaS companies, they come out of like an agency or people doing freelance work, realizing that this, that every client they work with has the same damn problem and they build software <laughs> for it. Yeah, that was the gist. We had built like a PayPal QuickBooks integration. We built like a WordPress Salesforce thing and Brian figured, hey, we can abstract this, build an off-the-shelf tool that lets people connect this app to that app without having to hire people to work with all the underlying APIs to build this stuff. And he messaged me on iChat one day, and I was like, yeah, that is like a no-brainer thing. That should totally exist. Were you both engineers? uh, So he's definitely more of an engineer than I am. I'm capable, but not competent. (laughs) (laughs) I like, that's a shirt that we need to print for all business people. (laughs) All right. Capable, not competent. Very good. And what year was this? What year did you launch? This was in 2011 uh, when we started. The launch happened in 2012. So it took us about six months to get like a basic version ready, basically. (laughs) Okay. And give us, for people that haven't heard uh, about uh, Zapier and what you do, tell us what, what the company does. Yeah, so it's a web automation platform. We hook into about 900 different apps uh, and let people set up automations between them. So think we, we like tools we hook into Slack, Trello, MailChimp, Google Apps, Dropbox, that sort of thing. And the types of things you can do are stuff like, hey, when I get a new sale via PayPal, uh, alert me in Slack and put my new customer in my customer's MailChimp list. That's, that's a great, that's a great use case. And pricing wise, how do you do it? Is this kind of a per API call kind of thing or is it more SaaS based or what? So Zapier is a freemium product. So you you get started for free uh, for basic usage. And then as your volume ticks up, you'll move into a subscription that starts at 20 bucks a month. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I imagine we could talk about all kinds of different cohorts that you've analyzed, whether it's the free folks or you probably have enterprise users as well, but I want to try and avoid that just for time. What's the average paying customer paying you per month? Would you say? About 20 bucks a month. About 20. Okay, good. (laughs) All right. So that's helpful to understand. So a quick question I've got for you. So this space, I recently had the, both the CEOs of segment and the CEO of snap logic on, which like they've raised like whatever for better or for worse, loads of money, probably way more than what they need. That can be obviously an advantage for you because now they have to deal with all this capital, but how do you compete with those guys? Yeah, I I think, um, they're, both tackling actually a little bit different spaces. So Zapier's real core user 
is the small business owner who is dealing with all these different apps. They don't have engineering resources. They don't have IT resources that they can lean on. Uh, instead, they're like, how do I do this thing with PayPal, Salesforce, MailChimp? Like, I got all this stuff and it like I have too much work to do. And I, I don't really like I need to build some of these integrations and get them going. And so Zapier is a tool they turn to. They can set up in five minutes these rules, these automations and get back to the core pieces of their business, which is a little bit different than something like Segment, which is, you know, uh, more of an enterprise analytics tool um, that helps like bigger company companies take in huge, massive amounts of volumes of events that they're tracking on their websites and things like that. Um, so t t a little bit different um, markets there. Have you had acquisition talks with Segment or SnapLogic? <laughs> no. <laughs> None at all, really? No. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. All right. Tell us uh, Tell us more. Kind of give us the update uh, currently of the company. What's the team size at? So Zapier Day is about 110 people. Um, all across the world, we're a hundred percent distributed team, which is a bit unique. Yeah. I have to give a shout out real quick because I'm producing all the podcasts at entrepreneur and you gave a great episode with Jason Pfeiffer, the editor in chief at entrepreneur on his podcast called problem solvers, where you talked about challenges with a totally remote team. Maybe touch on one of those challenges real quick. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a few things that are really basic problems. One, you got to have good internet access. So like, that's a, like baseline everyone. It's like, it's not know, easy to work it. Yeah, if you're going to work at Zapier, you have to have good internet, just period. Um, there's other funny things like that we've learned along the way. So stuff like compliance can be a challenge. So government agencies aren't used to working with companies that are across so many different municipalities. So we've gotten a lot better at that. Are you mostly um, U.S. or are you international? Like international? We're international as well. So you have to get a lot better at that. Um, and, you know, we have along the way. But it's not as straightforward as like, you know, outsource it to this agency. They'll handle it all and like no problems. Like even they are like, wait, what? How are you set up? And you're like, well, it works like this and this. And <laughs> um, so like that kind of stuff is funny. Then like from an internal standpoint, you have to work hard on like your hiring process, your communication standards. You have to set up kind of workplace etiquette around communication to make sure folks understand like, Hey, this is how we pull off working remotely. If we don't do it this way, things are going to fall through the cracks. Yep. Now have you bootstrapped this or did you guys decide to raise some capital? We did do a small round when we were first getting started. So we went through Y Combinator and then raised, uh, I mean, what today is a modest seed round about a million dollars in September, 2012. Um, but since then we've grown profitably and on customer revenue. Oh, uh, totally organically. Yep. So about a million bucks total plus whatever YC get, you know, 150 YC gave you and that's sure, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Do you, do you ever feel pressure? I don't know how much you can speak to this, but do you ever feel pressure from, from YC? You know, they're saying, Hey, Wade, you're growing fast. Like go raise more capital, make us look good. No, I don't think so. You know, earlier on, like I, we got more of that because it was like, Hey, this is the normal thing. This is how companies grow, right? Like every 18 months you take more. But as we started to prove it out, it's like, look, we can grow fast this way. The model works this way. Um, it actually, the shift kind of changes cause it's like, Hey, we're not taking on more dilution as an investor. We're reaping the benefits of this company who can operate efficiently. Yep. Uh, and so, and who Wade, real quick. Cause I forgot this. Who is we, what's your founding team look like? So this is me, Brian and Mike are the co-founders here, but then our, you know, early investors like YC, Bessemer, that sort of thing are the ones that are like, Hey, this is actually working out pretty well for us. <laughs> so they're, so they're not, they're not giving you term sheets saying, take more of our money, like fuel growth, like go faster. They're happy with just your guys's kind of slow, but predictable. Well, maybe not, maybe it's not even slow, but your predictable growth. 
Yeah, predictable growth is great. Investors love predictable growth. Yep. So what do you have today in terms of total customers using you guys? Uh, the latest public numbers we've shared is 60,000 customers using Zapier. Okay, and take me one step above that in the funnel. How many total like free users have you signed up? We've, we've got uh, over 2 million users on the platform. That's amazing. Now, what are one of the, I imagine you've kind of experimented with this because that's a large sample size of folks coming through mm-hmm. your platform. What's like the one thing you have to get a new user to do like in the first two days that you know is the biggest driver of lifetime value? For us, it's like setting up a zap and having it like do its first thing. Like as fire soon as once. it does that first, yeah, fire once, it's like, oh my God, this thing <laughs> is amazing, right? Um, but you know, if they don't get to that point, like if they trip up along the way, it's like, oh, this app doesn't quite work nicely with others, like a weird thing, then it's like tough, right? But once that first thing happens, it's like, holy cow, I just built this like I built this in five minutes. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> what do you do from an engineering perspective to make sure you make you 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 get that to happen like in that first session? I mean, it's like the standard product management stuff, right? Remove friction every step of the way. So like any place you find a user getting confused or they have to make a choice or something's going to trip them up, you want to try as best you possibly can to get rid of the the. The, that potential, right? You want them to, be, I kind of think of it like a slide, right? You just want them to slide right through, um, and not have to like do anything. Uh, you don't want to have to, them to be like, ah, maybe I don't want to keep going. Right. What was like, a big friction point that you guys had early on that you discovered and then removed sure. and now things are way better. <laughs> so I'll give you a very obvious, like what is a very obvious example? No, no, give me a weird one. Give me a weird, give me one like most people wouldn't expect. Cause they've heard all the okay. other regular examples. Perfect. So early days, here's a weird one. Uh, when we were first building the product, when you clicked a drop down menu inside of Zapier, so like say you were using, uh, wanted to to push your leads into Mailchimp, right? And you had to say, hey, I want to push them into this list in Mailchimp. I want to go in my customers list. Yep. So you'd click a drop down and you you'd see all your Mailchimp lists. Instead of showing the name of the list, it showed the Mailchimp list ID. So <laughs> people are like, I don't know my list IDs. Like how, who knows their list IDs? Nobody. I, I just know the name of it. Right. And so it took me like one, like user study. I was like, just watching a person do it. And I was like, well, duh, that's horrible. So we need to change that. Uh, oh, we fixed it up right away. So I think a lot of it is, you know, just spend time with your customers, watch them use your product. And it's pretty clear. Like, that is tripping people up. That's not the slide, right? That's that's a yep. friction. <laughs> I made discoveries like this. I actually I documented it at nathanlacka.com forward slash hot jar. But do you use hot jar? It like records user sessions. And like these little simple things like you discovered, you can just watch videos of where your users scrolled and clicked and you discover like the most obvious things like this that we would never think of. Yeah, we, we don't use, we use this tool similar to hot jar and we call it, we call it the empathy machine. It's yes. just like watching and you're just like, no, click the button. Click yes. You're like, what are, what are you thinking? Yeah. And you're like, oh, and then they don't click it. And it's yep. just painful. <laughs> talk, okay, talk to me about some of the other economics here. So logo churn annually, like, or retention, whatever you want to talk about. What does that look like for you guys? Uh, so we don't disclose like our churn stuff publicly. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, what, can, you, can you give me a general range, like what you aim for, how you set goals around, uh, around churn? I think we mostly just benchmark against like what you see for other um, companies. So, you know, for us, like, you know, freemium, what you see with like a lot of freemium tools is you want to, if you're, if you're up above, you know, oh, like 5% conversion to paid, uh, generally like that's pretty good. So we try and like understand like the benchmarks that 
you know, exists for various companies. You know, if you're selling to like small businesses, you tend to see things like, you know, 10% turn is too high, like six to seven for small businesses. Monthly or annually? Monthly is average. For like a great small business, you're probably in like that three to 4% range. If you're like an enterprise customer, like you have, you should have like one to less than 1% churn. Uh, ideally you get net negative churn, which is where, well, from a revenue, from a revenue perspective. Yeah. Not a logo per se. Yeah. Yeah. So from a revenue standpoint, this is what we pay attention to is net negative churns. Have you hit that magic number yet? Yeah. So like you want your existing customer base to pay you more over time, such that it cancels out the, the revenue from the existing logos that churn and exceeds hopefully. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so just to be clear, you guys have Pat, you are net negative revenue churn year over year. Yep. Right that, at it. That's great. Yeah. What's the thing that is, oh, and real quick, just to go back to the logo churn, can we just leave it at this? Is it fair to say you are churning less than 5% logo churn per month? Okay, good. Going back to expansion revenue, what's driving that initial, you know, price point of 10 bucks per month up to your, you know, $20 per month average? Is it more connections? Like what's the value that that's driving that? I think when you think about your business, there. Um, the way you want to think about pricing, pricing is a really tricky thing, but what a lot of companies try and do these days is they want to get you in at, they want to show you some value and get you in at some price point. So they tend to have two axes on their pricing levers. They've got like a feature tier. So this is like, you know, small, medium, large sort of thing, right? It's like, here's a small bucket of features, a a medium bucket of features and a large bucket of features. And this is obviously like small business to like big business sort of thing. And so you kind of, there's like features that you lock into those different bits and that gets you in like your base price. And then what they like to do to drive your expansion revenue is have some sort of usage meter, which is nice. So you can have that expansion on every single front then, right? And we do something similar where it's like, we want to get you in, to the right feature set. So it's like based on the type of user you are, you know you're gonna be successful with this set of features. So you should go in our our smaller plans or you should go in our bigger plans. Then as your usage grows over time, you pay for more of that. Many of you know I am buying companies that I really, really like, and there's no quicker way for me to get to the bottom of what is happening on that website than using this tool called nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar, H-O-T-J-A-R. It basically will give me a recording, okay? When anybody lands on the website, it'll give me a recording of where the viewer is scrolling and obviously does the basic stuff like heat maps too, but I learned so much about where the users are scrolling and clicking on my site using that tool. It helps me increase conversion rates, make more money and grow those businesses faster. And we'll have to see what happens with those businesses, but I'm buying them. I'm buying them very quick and I'm using nathanlaka.com forward slash hot jar for all of my website analytics. You can too. I work with them. It's totally free. You can go to nathanlatka.com forward slash hot jar. No credit card required. Again, use it as much as you want. nathanlatka.com forward slash hot jar. I'll see you there. Brian Halligan taught me this in terms of those, those axes, the, the third, like there's the feature one, there's the utility one, which he would say is like number of contacts, so like number of API calls, number of apps available for you to integrate with. But then the third one is obviously number of seats per team. Um, do you use kind of, do you kind of touch all three of those things? So the main one we use is tasks. So that's like how much volume is going through. That's like our meter level. So as you push more through, that goes up. Is that and the then, same as an API call or are those different? It's a little different. It's 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 a easier to understand thing for most of our users because most users don't understand what API calls are. 
And a lot of times our API calls aren't very fruitful. Like if there's nothing new there, like we make it a call, but it's not actually providing value. So we don't want to charge them for that. That makes um, sense. So um, a task is kind of our metered level that we use. That's really helpful to understand. Okay, so good. That's helpful there. Um, what are you, I mean, how are you driving this growth? I mean, it, it's pretty incredible. I mean, besides the obvious inbound and organic, how are you kind of tactically driving the growth? I mean, that's really what it boils down to is, you know, you want to, for us, it's a lot of partnerships. So, you know, we have nine, 900 apps. We try and make sure to get new apps on the platform. Every new app is a new user base that we can tap into. We have a whole playbook around how to do co-marketing with our partners. And Wait, tell me some of that playbook. Well, there's like simple things around the launch, right? Which is, uh, you know, make sure that you both send an email out to your user base. Email is like generally like one of the best ways to get in touch. Uh, can we can role play, some- Wade? Sure. So I'm MailChimp and, and you're mm-hmm. Zapier and you're calling me up. Hey, we're, just want to let you know, MailChimp, we're launching integration on like Monday. I mean, you probably do this differently. We'd love for you to co-market. And I'm going, wait, but how many, we have 10 times as many users as you. Why am I going to send an email to my list? We're way bigger. How do you come over that objection? Uh, so <laughs> we don't because, uh, actually the, it, the role playing is actually the inverse. Most people build the integration on Zapier. So I'm usually on the other side of this where it's like, Hey, we're launching. How can we co-market with you? And then we're teaching these companies. Here's how to do a really good launch for, with them. Okay. So let's uh, flip the script for a second. Yeah. I'm, I'm a new email marketing company. Hey, Wade, I'm, la- I'm launching a Zapier integration on Monday. I really, I'd love for you to co-market. Our engineering team has put in like five weeks getting this done and we have a big user base. Can we both send an email? Let's do it. You just say yes to every, well, how do you do that? How do you yeah. not, what about, so, what if you overwhelm your list? We don't. So the way we do this is we have a, a Wednesday Every Wednesday, we send out a what's new on Zapier piece. And this is something our users love getting because they love learning about new apps. It's to their advantage. They they want this. And so if you have something new that's cool, you built something interesting, we'll put it in that that uh, that Wednesday uh, slot. And so, you know, there's like five to ten th- new things that will go out every Wednesday. Uh, you know, million plus people get that and people love it. So I think the thing is for us, we've built these um, channels where people want this stuff. And so it makes it really easy for us to work with our partners because we can say, Hey, if you've got something, we've got a place to talk about it and allows us to return the favor back to them. Like they built something nice. That's going to help us out. Like how can we help them out by talking about them? Which new partner in the last two years has been like drove the most new trials or customers for Zapier Zapier? Yeah. Um, I don't know what I want to talk about that, but I can talk about some companies that I think are doing that are interesting. Come on, Wade. Which, I'm just curious. Which one moved the needle the most? Which one got you most excited? It doesn't have. It's more qualitative than quantitative. Yes. So qualitative. There's a few that have been really good that I've loved working with. One. It, one of my favorite is Airtable. Have you used this product before? No. What's it do? So Airtable is like it's like Google Sheets on steroids, basically. Um, it it's super cool. Uh, it's kind of like a database meets a spreadsheet, but it's easier to use than like a database. Um, and they just do, and it's like really, it's one of those things that's hard to like grok why it's so awesome. But when you get in it and start using it, you're like, why am I not using this for all of the things that I do? Like every spreadsheet thing that I do, I should just be using Airtable for this. Um, 
it's it, it, it's done really well from what from the vantage point. Obviously, I don't know their internal metrics, but from what I can see, working with Zappy, they just they seem to be doing really well. And do you? Um, I mean, when you say I'm going to try and put a little bracket around this to the extent you're comfortable, but like when that partnership launched, they drove you customers. You see your user base putting a bunch of API calls through, like tasks through them. There's good ecosystem stuff there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we can tell this is like. You know, most apps do well, but then there are the set that are like, wow, this is there's something special going on here. And that's definitely kind of the vibe we got with working with them. We're a little over on time. So I want to ask this last question, then kind of wrap up with the famous five. Um, Are you doing any paid marketing at all? So today, no, um, we're getting ready to start experimenting with it, though. Why now? Uh, we've been really successful, uh, you know, growing how we are. We have good margins. So can we reinvest some of that margin to capture to help more people to get access to more folks is really what it boils down to all right good stuff wade (laughs) let's wrap up here with the famous five number one what's your favorite business book Ooh, good question so the one that i loved when i was we were getting started with zapier is um this steve blank book four steps to the epiphany it was like the first book that made like made me understand how how you really think about building a startup um I think I know I, 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 someone else just said this a few days ago and I was able to reach back and grab it off my shelf, but you wouldn't expect it to be a business book. It actually looks like a religious book because on the front cover, <laughs> it's like, what's, it's the painting with the two dudes touching yeah. and whatever that is in the clouds. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks like some philosophical, yes. right? Like, <laughs> but it's a really good book. Okay. Four yeah, steps to the epiphany. Great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Ooh, good question. The guy, the what person I really like paying attention to the writings is Jeff Bezos at Amazon. Like he, the way he articulates like how he thinks about business is always his thinking is just always so clear cut and his writing is really good about it too. Where, where do you get his writing? You, you're, is there so a he like releases them as to analysts, like through like sec filings and stuff. So he had one earlier this year where he was talking about like most of us would publish on medium. He releases it through sec filings. Yeah. But like there was one thing in there that I loved where he talks about um, processes proxy, which I repeat all the time to folks. They're like, you know, you, when you, if you've ever been in an org and someone says like, well, I followed the process, right? Like I, I did it, you know, sure, we didn't get the results, but I followed the process. I did everything right. Um, and he really cautions you against that because he's like, look, the process exists to serve the outcomes we want. If it's driving the outcomes, the process is good. But the process should take backseat to the outcomes you're driving. So you should know what outcomes you want. And yes, the process should help you. But if the process isn't helping you get the outcomes, you should change because you need the outcomes. And I, I just love that because so many people get like focused on like, well, I followed the playbook. I did what it said it was supposed to do. But that's not what you're trying to do. We're not trying to follow the playbook. We're trying to get an outcome. Makes sense. Number three, Wade, uh, what is your favorite, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Ooh, goodness. Uh, good question. Um, wow, there's so many I like, uh, what do you use the most? Slack is like the one we like, it's like the most critical business tool we use. I use zoom a ton for conferencing these days. Um, you know, a lot of Trello, Airtable. There's like so many things. Like there's just, this is why Zapier is great is we can hook them all together, right? <laughs> <laughs> Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm I'm eight hours every night. That's good. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? I'm married, yep. No kids though. No kiddos. And how old are you? 30. 30. All right, last question. Take us back 10 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, goodness. Uh, I wish my 20-year-old self realized that, uh, 
there there is no playbook you can it's okay to make your own path <laughs> there is no playbook there you guys have it from wade and wade i actually i just remember this is it fair to say with your uh with your seat count times 20 bucks you guys are well past the million dollar mrr mark at this point Oh yeah, yeah. We we uh, announced in uh, May we passed twenty million ARR. Congratulations! There, you guys, have it from Wade Foster. You just got the Zapier story launched in twenty eleven. Now one hundred and ten people. Really, the plumbing of the internet for people who are not tech savvy. All remote, which is also really fun to watch. Uh, little funding raise, which I love. Just a million bucks, but they're growing super fast. Well over sixty thousand customers paying on average twenty bucks per month. You just heard the minimum there in terms of AR over twenty million bucks in ARR. Almost or right at net negative tr- uh, revenue churn. So healthy economics there as well. Wade, thank you for taking us to the top. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, Nathan.